0: Life Christian Centre is a church located in the city of Adelaide. It is made up of people from different backgrounds and walks of life who have been transformed through a relationship with Jesus Christ. For more information, visit us online at www.life-church.com.au Are we ready for the Word of God? Amen. Why don't we turn to Proverbs chapter 3, Proverbs chapter 3. I want to read a few uh, scriptures out of uh, Proverbs chapter 3, and I'm reading from thir- uh, verse 13. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 13. Now, the only challenge I see with this new format of running a service is, um, how am I going to know if you're laughing at my jokes? So, that's going to be the only challenge. Um, so, um, just make sure you do out of sympathy for me. Thank you. I really appreciate that. Proverbs chapter 3. Reading from verse 13, this is what the word of God says Blessed is the man who finds wisdom, the man who gains understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand. In her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways. And all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her. Those who lay hold of her shall be blessed. Let's bow our heads. Father, we just thank you for the reading of your Word. And I just thank you that your Spirit is here, your presence is here. And I just thank you that you're going to speak to us today. Father, you're a good God and your Word is powerful. And we realise, Lord God, and recognise that one principle from your word. One truth can change our lives dramatically. If there's ever a time in our lives where we need wisdom, it's today. And so, Lord, I pray that by the Holy Spirit, you would speak to us today. We're hungry to hear from you, Lord God. Bind every spirit of fear and intimidation. Just let there be freedom to speak and to hear your word. Bind every work of the enemy in Jesus' name. We love you, Lord God. Speak to us today, we pray, and we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and Amen. I want to begin a new series today entitled Wisdom for Life. uh, Wisdom for Life. Many of you have heard of the Dummies series of books that are available in the bookshops today. Um, The series includes some amazing titles. There's the boring ones like Mathematics for Dummies and chemistry for dummies and uh, all those kind of ones, and then parenting for dummies. Um, one, one of the ones that kind of caught my attention was uh, fishing for dummies. Um, that kind of says it all, doesn't it? Doesn't it? You need to laugh. That was, that was, that was the point right there, okay? Um, the, the reason why they've been so popular is because uh, they spell topics out in simple terms. Book of Proverbs in the Bible is a bit like that. What it does is it takes principles for life, practical truths, powerful insights and makes them easy to understand for people like you and me. So I want to encourage you over the next few weeks, I want to encourage you to dive in uh, to uh, the book of Proverbs. There's 31 chapters equals, uh, if you read one chapter every day, that's, uh, you'll, you'll finish the chapters or the, you'll finish the book in one particular month. So let me give you some examples of the powerful insight. In this particular book. Here's one. Uh, this is Proverbs chapter 26, and I'm reading verse 21. It says this, a quarrelsome person starts fights as easily as hot embers like charcoal or fire lights wood. So uh, the example here that Solomon is giving is as soon as you get some kindling and you put it on some, some coals or some burning coal, it lights up immediately. Some people's temper's a bit like that. You know, um, just a little issue and uh, they can fire up immediately. Proverbs chapter 15 and verse 15, listen to what this one says. Uh, For the despondent every day brings trouble, but for the happy heart, life is a continual feast. Uh, Right there is a proverb that's speaking about our attitude. It's speaking about our perspective of life. It's speaking about how we view life. It says, for the despondent, you know, some people always have this doom and gloom kind of attitude towards life. And what it's saying is, for those kind of people, every day is trouble. But for the person with a cheerful disposition, life is amazing and life is great. And what Solomon is saying, one of the things that we need to develop in our lives is actually a cheerful disposition. Is to see that the glass is half full rather than always see it as half empty. This is a funny one. I like this one. Uh, it says, uh, "This is Proverbs twenty-seven 14. It says, "A loud and cheerful greeting early in the morning will be taken as a curse." Let me read that again. Uh, "A loud and cheerful greeting early in the morning will be taken as a curse." So, how many people know someone who's a morning person? You know. You know someone who's in a morning bed? They get up with the chickens. The chickens are up, they're up. They're bouncy, full of energy. And people like that love to disturb those of us that don't mind to sleep in just a little bit, you know? So they come in and they bounce in, good morning. And you say, um, you know, that's not taken as a blessing. It's actually taken as something bad. Proverbs is saying, keep your mouth shut and let a brother sleep in the mornings. Proverbs is really practical too. It says, uh, those too lazy to plow in the right season will have no food at the harvest. Uh, There it it is again. Those too lazy to plow in the right season, those too lazy to work will have no food uh, in the harvest, will have no food later on when they actually need it. Um, Proverbs 11.1, very practical. The Lord detests dishonest scales. But accurate weights find favour with him. And what it's essentially saying there is that God detests dishonesty. but God loves uh, honesty. One of the major themes in the book of Proverbs is the benefits of attaining wisdom. It's the theme right from the beginning of Proverbs right through to the end. It's the benefits of attaining wisdom. We live in a world today that values knowledge, uh, values intelligence as opposed to wisdom. Um, parents want to make sure that their children, you know, have the best education, uh, go to the best schools, um, and all of that is great. There's no problem with that. I, I think we need to provide the best kind of education that we can to our children. I think it's a, it's a great thing. But what our children need more than a high IQ is wisdom. If there's something that our children need, if there's something that our teenagers need, More than anything else, it's not intelligence, it's wisdom. And you see, you can have uh, a lot of intelligence, you can have a high IQ, but lack wisdom. Or alternatively, you can be someone who doesn't have a high IQ or has little education, but you can be extremely wise. Proverbs is telling us, if there's something that we need in our lives, it's wisdom above all else. Solomon says this, as we read in our text, blessed are those who find wisdom. Now, the word blessed there is the word happy. Um, It's the word joyful. Um, Blessed are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. For she, speaking about wisdom, is more profitable than silver and yields better returns than gold. It's the power of wisdom. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing that you desire, I mean, these are really strong words. Nothing that you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand, in her left hand, are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths, the path of wisdom, actually leads uh, to peace. So, getting wisdom, says Solomon, is is, is more important than anything else. People today are you know, kind of you know, working and working hard in terms of trying to, trying to build up their wealth. And, and, and what Solomon is saying is, here, he's is saying wisdom is more important than all of that. And if you get wisdom, it's going to produce long life, honour, wholeness, and most of all, it's going to give us peace in our hearts and in our lives. The, the sense is, is this in, in this passage. It says you get wisdom and it's going to help you to live the kind of life you've always wanted to live. Now, this is a powerful principle. It's a simple principle, but yet it's a, it's a powerful principle. If we, if we can understand this thought, if we, can, if we can get a hold of this thought today, I'm telling you it's going to change the way we live our lives. So do everything that you can to get wisdom. Wisdom. Now, equally, Proverbs describes the person that doesn't have wisdom, and it describes them as fools. So you get these contrasts throughout the book of Proverbs. You know, the fool, this, and then but the wise person, this. Here's one example. Uh, doing wrong is fun for a fool, but living wisely brings pleasure to the sensible. So doing wrong is fun for a fool because they're a fool because they don't understand the consequences of their behavior. So they're foolish. But living wisely brings pleasure to the sensible. The reality is no one wants to consider themselves to be a fool. Yet when we ignore the principles of God's word, when we ignore the wisdom of God's word, there can be extremely negative consequences. So often people think that they're smarter than God. So often people look at the Word and they go, well, I know the Bible says this, but I think this. The Bible calls them fools because somewhere down the track, they begin to understand the consequences of their wrong decisions. Solomon says this in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing therefore get wisdom and in all you're getting get understanding wisdom is the principal thing I don't know if he can place wisdom any higher than what he has I don't think he can emphasize it any higher than he is he's saying principle wisdom is the principal thing therefore do everything you possibly can to get it so this brings us to ask a really simple question which is well how do we get wisdom if wisdom is the principal thing, if, pres- if wisdom is gonna lead us to so many different things and so many benefits and blessings in our lives, well then how do we get it? How do we get wisdom? Well, there's at least four things that we can do to get wisdom that I want to briefly share with you today. The first thing we need to do, if we're gonna get wisdom, is we need to ask for it. It's pretty simple. If we're gonna, if we're gonna, if we're gonna get wisdom, if we want wisdom, then we need to ask. For it, James says this If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it shall be given to you. Um, The Bible tells the story of Solomon, who was uh, called to be the king of Israel, and uh, one day God appears to him Uh, just before he started his reign, God appears to him. And he asks him, ask for whatever you want me to give you. What a great question. I, 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 lo- I love this question because it describes the heart of God. God is appearing to Solomon and he's saying to Solomon, ask me for whatever it is that you want. Kind of reminds me of a story. Of um, I think I've told this story before. Reminds me of a story of a guy that was... Um, Married when he, he and his wife were married when they were 25 years old. They'd been married for 40 years. Uh, he's 65 years old. He's walking along the beach one day and as he's walking along the beach he finds a bottle with a cork in it. He uncorks the bottle, out pops a genie and the genie says, you know the drill, ask for whatever it is that you want, one wish, whatever it is that you want, just ask for it. So he's thinking really hard. He's got one wish, he's got a got to make sure it makes it count. So he's thinking and thinking and so he thinks to himself, I know, I want my wife to be 30 years younger than me. Poof, immediately he was 95 years old. (laughs) Hope you laughed then. Um, I I love the scripture because God appears to Solomon and he asks him a simple question. What, what is it that you want? Ask for one thing, whatever it is that you want, and I'm going to give it to you. Notice how Solomon replies. Give me wisdom and knowledge that I may lead this people for who is able to govern this great people of yours. What, what, what was it that Solomon asked for? He asked for wisdom and knowledge. Now, sometimes I wonder, what, what, what would I answer? If God appeared to me, well, how, how would I answer that question? We're not allowed to ask for wisdom because Solomon's already done that. Um, So what would I answer? Um, As we we look at this particular story, as we look at Solomon, some of us might think that, yeah, but Solomon was always smart. He was always wise. But I'm not sure that was the case. Look at how David described his own son. He said, my son Solomon, this this was before David died, before Solomon took the reign. He says this about Solomon. He says, my son Solomon, the one whom God has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The task is great because this palatial structure is not for man, but for the Lord God. What set Solomon apart was not his intelligence. What set Solomon apart was he was a man filled with wisdom. How did he get that wisdom? He got that wisdom by simply asking God for it. He didn't go to university. He didn't study the books. How did he get the wisdom? The way he got the wisdom by simply asking for it. I don't know about you, but that gives me confidence because all of us, whether it comes to marriage or raising children, to business or life, we feel like, like Solomon in many ways. We think to ourselves, you know, uh, we're inexperienced, inadequate. What, what do I do? The task seems too great. No matter how inadequate we feel, God invites us to come to him and ask him for wisdom. James says this, God gives wisdom Generously to all without finding fault, and it shall be given to you. So, I want to encourage you um, right from the outside. I want to encourage you to pray a simple prayer every day Lord, give me wisdom. It's a prayer that I've been praying for many, many, many years. Lord, I pray for wisdom and understanding. I pray that prayer every single day. How do we get wisdom? The first way is by asking for it, the second principle is Simply apply God's wisdom to your life. How do we get wisdom? Well, God's wisdom is revealed in His Word. The Bible says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. How How do we gain wisdom? We gain wisdom by reading the Word, understanding the Word, and by applying it to our lives. Psalm 119 says this, I've hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. In other words, I've memorized the scripture, I've read it, I've understood it, I've meditated on your word, I've hidden it inside of my my heart so that I may not sin against you. Psalm 37 says this, The law of their God is in their hearts, their feet do not slip. Because the word of God is inside of their heart." It's going to protect them from making some dumb decisions. God said to Joshua, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Now that, that's, not a, that's not some sort of a chant. That's actually think about it, chew over it, meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you shall be prosperous and successful. Prosperity and success comes as we obey the principles and the wisdom outlined in Scripture. Look what God said after he gave the Ten Commandments to Israel. He said, Oh, that their hearts would be inclined to fear me and to keep all my commands always, so that it might go well with them and their children forever. Message translation says, They'd have a good life forever, they and their children as well. It's as if God is pleading with the people of Israel. He's saying, if only you would, you would understand the principles of this word and put them into practice, not only is it going to go well for you, it's actually going to go well for your children as well. As we put into practice that which we've read in the word, our lives are going to be lived differently. Third way that we gain wisdom is by spending time with wise people. Proverbs says this walk with the wise and become wise, for a companion of fools suffers harm. Thought is really simple if you want to gain wisdom, then spend time with people that are wise. You're not going to gain wisdom by spending time with foolish people. It's a principle that goes right throughout scripture. If you spend time with the wise, you're going to be wise. Look at Psalm 1. Blessed is the man. Here's, here's the word again. He's that word blessed. It's, it's happy. It's joyful. Um, he's the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. Whatever he does prospers. There's, There's the principles again. The psalmist is saying, if you want to be happy, fortunate, prosperous, then firstly he says, choose not to walk in the counsel of the ungodly. Be careful who you get counsel from. When you're making important decisions in your life, be careful who you get advice from. That's what the psalmist is saying. He also says, don't stand in the path of sinners. Standing means to join with. I stand with you on this issue, I'm one with you, we're we're in this together. Be careful who you stand with because you'll become like the people that you're with and then don't sit in the seat of mockers. When you sit with someone, it describes an even closer relationship. You kind of get this sense you're walking with someone, then you're standing with them and then you're sitting with them. And the danger with doing all of that, the, the greatest danger of doing those things is that it starts to affect us. It starts to affect our spirit. We begin to talk differently. We behave differently. We think differently. Our attitudes change. Our beliefs change. I love love the scripture because it says, says, blessed is the man who doesn't do that, but who does something else. Well, what is it that they need to do? Whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. In other words, he chooses to allow the word of God to influence him more than the wicked and the sinners and the mockers. And the, the Bible says, and the result of this is whatever they do prospers. I mean, who doesn't want that, seriously? Who, who doesn't want of their own life that, it, that, that whatever we do prospers? Well, well, that can happen to us as we meditate on the word of God, as we implement the principles of God's word in our hearts and lives, and as we be careful who we spend time with. Paul echoes this principle when he says, do not be misled, bad company corrupts good character. Many of you have heard uh, this, uh, this particular scripture, do not be misled. Uh, I, I love the way Paul says that because I'm sure there were people in Paul's time who were going, Paul, you know, I, I, I understand what you're saying. I understand that there are people, that they're, they're simpletons, you know, they're easily led astray, but you don't know someone like me. Oh, I'm strong. I, I, I know when to say no, I know when to walk away. Paul says to them, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. I, I, I love what the Passion Translation, it says, stop fooling yourselves. Evil companions will corrupt good morals and character. And while that scripture says that, the inverse of that is also true. It says bad company corrupts good character. Good company builds good character. So if you're hanging around with the right people, it's actually going to build character in your life. One person said, you can't run with a bad set of dogs and not get fleas. That's interesting. You can't run with a bad set of dogs and not get fleas. Thought is really simple. Choose your friends wisely. Well, Pastor Joe, how do I know if this person I'm with, is uh, uh, it's good for me to be with them or, or not be with them? How do I know what is that? What's well, really simple. It's when you spend time with them, ask yourself some simple questions. Do you feel closer to God? Do you feel like a better Christian? Are they causing you to get closer to God? Are they influencing you or are you influencing them? If they don't, then find... Some new friends. One final way we gain wisdom comes from Proverbs itself. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Uh, Solomon is saying here that the way we begin to get wisdom is by fearing God. Now, fearing God doesn't mean being scared of God and if you've been in church circles you'll, you'll you'll understand the concept of fearing God but for someone who might be new you know the concept of fearing God just doesn't sound right it sounds almost like an, an oxymoron but um, and religion presents God as a God that is to be feared that he's angry and he's he's temperamental and whatever you do don't 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 make get God get angry because because he's always you know just ready to 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 lose it um The the Bible doesn't mean that at all when it speaks about fearing God. It simply means to respect God, to honour God, to revere God, to put God in the right place. Our best example in society of this is with the police. You know, it happens to all of us, you know, we're driving along and we're talking and and, you know, we're a bit distracted. Speed is just going over the speed limit, you know, and suddenly we see a police car, and, you know, or someone in the car sees a police car and, 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 and everybody goes on to red alert. Check your seatbelts are on. Suddenly you reduce below the speed limit, which we never do. Um, don't talk to anyone. There's a police car coming up. Um, now, we're not scared of the police, but there's a healthy respect of the office of a policeman or a policewoman. Solomon says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's where it starts. So what, 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 is, what does that actually look like? Well, you need to know that God loves you, and that he cares about you. He cares about your future. And, and if you will surrender to him, you will experience life. He is merciful he's gracious, uh, slow to anger, abounding in love. And what the essence of this scripture is saying is that if you put God first in your life, you will experience the blessing of God. Fearing the Lord means I give my life to Jesus Christ. Fearing the Lord means I surrender to him. The Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and All these other things shall be added unto you. Put God first and everything else will take care of itself. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But listen, God is not only the God of mercy and grace. He's also the God of justice and righteousness. He's the God that one day will judge sin. Going back to the analogy of the police, I never want to be on the wrong side of the law. I always want to be on the right side of the law. And whenever we we disobey the natural laws, there are consequences. And the Bible says the wages of sin or the consequences of sin are death. It's eternal separation from God. But here it is. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. God wants to give us a gift. It's eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And Solomon says, this is where wisdom starts. It starts by putting God first in our hearts, and in our lives. And if you make the decision to give your life to Jesus Christ, I want to tell you, it's the smartest decision, the most important decision you will ever make in your life. And maybe, maybe today you're, you're watching this broadcast and, and uh, you've never, ever given your life to Jesus Christ. Why not do it today? Why not open up your heart and just say, Lord Jesus I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. I give my life to you. I surrender my life to you. I want to serve you all the days of my life. When you, when you pray a simple prayer like that, your life can be dramatically changed. You can experience the miracle of salvation. It's the wisest decision that we can ever make. Uh, There's a well-known story in the Bible where um, Solomon becomes uh, the king of Israel and um, two women have babies. One night, uh, one of the women is sleeping and as she's sleeping with a child next to her, uh, she rolls onto the child, the child dies. She discovers this during the night. And um, what she does is uh, she switches the baby with the other woman's baby. So she puts the other baby, her baby, her dead baby, next to the other woman, grabs that baby, and brings it with her. Well, when they woke, the woman sees the dead baby, but she knows it's not her baby. And so uh, you can imagine that there was an argument between them. You can imagine they began, no, that's my baby. You've stolen my baby. A mother who's lost her baby uh, would behave frantically. So these two women are having this massive argument and they decide uh, to bring them before Solomon to judge in this particular situation. So here are these two women. They're before Solomon and each is pleading their case Baby's mine, no, the baby is mine, no, the baby is mine, Um, and so on and so on. And so Solomon is listening to these women and he's, he's faced with the dilemma, well, who's right and who's wrong? They both can't be right. They both can't be wrong. One of them's right, one of them's wrong. Anyone ever faced a situation like that? When, when you don't know what to do, you're faced with a situation and, and, and you know, well, I've got two options before me or three options. What shall I do? One is going to be the wrong one and one is going to be the right one. How do I choose? How do I know what to do? How do I know what is right? It's in those situations in our own lives that if there's something that we need, it's, it's wisdom. It's a word of Wisdom. Lord, what shall we do? We can find that wisdom in God. For the Bible describes God as someone who is, whose plan is wonderful. Isaiah 28, 29. Whose plan is wonderful, whose wisdom is magnificent. When we don't know what to do, when we don't know what the wise thing to do is, we can go to God who is magnificent in wisdom. You know the story, Solomon says, give me a sword, we're going to cut the baby in half. One lady will take half the baby, the other lady will take the other half. The one who was the real mum said, no. Immediately she said, no, let the baby live. And Solomon knew straight away who the real mum was in that situation. The Bible says this, When all Israel heard the verdict the king had given, they held the king in awe because they saw that he had high IQ? No. Because he had a PhD? No. Because he had lots of degrees? No. Because he had wisdom from God to administer justice. You too can have wisdom from God. You you too can can get wisdom for whatever situation you might be facing. Some of you may think, Pastor Joe, you don't understand. I don't think I'm that smart. I'm not smart at all. Listen to me. Wisdom has nothing to do with intelligence. You can be a wise person by simply praying for wisdom and saying, God, I, I need your wisdom. Some of you may think you're pretty smart. Be careful. Be careful, says the Bible, that when you think you're strong, that's when you're you're at your weakest point. You can be smart and that's great. There's no problem at all. But hey, you too can be praying for wisdom. Because so often we are faced with situations in life and the obvious answer or the obvious things to do is not the right thing to do. It's as we pray, as we ask God for wisdom, We get a word from God and that protects us from harm. I know in the ministry, I I don't know where I would be without the wisdom of God. I don't know where I would be without the wisdom of God. So often having to face so many decisions and not knowing what to do. do Do I go left or do I go right? Do I do this or do I do that? And what's helped me again and again is coming into the presence of God and saying, God, you are magnificent in wisdom. And I need a word of wisdom in this situation right now because i got no idea what to do. And inevitably, God begins to speak. Sometimes you'll speak by His Holy Spirit. Sometimes you'll speak as I, as I get counsel from someone else. But God imparts wisdom. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And get understanding. Question, how do you get wisdom? We looked at four ways. Pray for wisdom. Every day, pray for wisdom. Number two, read the Bible, especially especially the book of Proverbs. Apply its truths to your life. If the Bible says yes, then do it. If the Bible says no, then don't go there. Spend time with the wise. If you're making important decisions, find some wise people in your life and And get counsel from them. And finally, put God first in your life. Allow Him to be the Lord and Savior of your life. If you seek after wisdom, you will experience the blessing and the favor of God. And that's my prayer for you today. In Jesus' name. Why don't we stand? We're going to pray. Father, we come before you at this time in Jesus' name. Your word is so powerful. It's so simple to understand, Lord God. And yet the truths are amazing. And Lord, as we stand here before you, we pray for wisdom above all else, particularly in the times that we're living in right now, where we're bombarded with so many messages, Lord God, I pray for wisdom above all else, might be people listening to this even today that are facing decisions in their own lives, what shall I do, not knowing what to do, Lord God, I, I, I just pray that as they seek you, that you would impart wisdom into their hearts and lives. I pray for every young person, every teenager. I pray, Father, that they would understand this principle, that it wouldn't just become knowledge, Lord God, but that this would become a revelation in their hearts, the power of wisdom, that every day, every day, they would pray for wisdom and understanding. We love you so much, Lord. We thank you that you're guiding us and leading us by your Spirit. Be with us this week as we face the different circumstances that we will, we will need to face this week. Lord God, be with us, I pray. And I thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You have a great week.